friends, it's your intrepid warriors, David Lanchulia, Margaret Katz can with fundraisingleadership.org here with you today with another mini podcast. Hey, Margaret. Hey, good morning, David. We're talk about something today that nobody wants to talk about. <laughs> it's true. I'm not even, I'm not even, I, I am quite sure actually that I do want to talk about it, but not because it's easy, but because I think there's grace in talking about things that we don't want to talk about sometimes. Uh, we're going to talk about our mortality, you know, the fact that we're born into a, uh, a skin tubule. That's what... <laughs> A skin tubule. That's funny. I have a I have a mentor who calls it an earth suit. An earth suit. Yeah. A skin suit. Skin skin tubule. Food goes in one end, comes out the other end, and there's a ganglion on the top called a, a brain. Yeah. Yeah. And uh at some point, uh uh the little me <laughs> inside decides that oh, I'm gonna discard this skin tubule now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be finished. And yeah, David and I were just, you know, sort of post post Thanksgiving, post holiday, where um I don't know why. Why does this topic come up? I think because of how we oh. choose to spend our time and right. you know the people. Well, it came we... up because my sister in law is is has got uh, terminal cancer and you have a very good friend who's got yeah. terminal cancer and we were talking about the differences, uh, and uh, you know, between how how these folks are handling, you know, their situations, and um, uh, and of course, around Thanksgiving time, which is we just passed, it's you know, giving thanks for every day, every moment you have on the face of the earth is a good way to live. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was just, David and I were speaking of this, I was just actually brought to tears just just moments ago, could happen again, um, just talking about my friend who's been diagnosed with terminal pancreatic cancer and her grace. I mean, I must have used that word six times because I don't, I don't have a better or different word, but she's, she's been posting things on that website, caring bridge, which is a, you know, caringbridge.org. It's a place where people can kind of do one post and you can subscribe to see updates as somebody is going through a a journey of Mm -hmm. illness of some sort and her openness and her acceptance about her, her death. She doesn't know when it's going to be, um, but she was, you know, she was talking about how how intentional it has made her and how um, how much she wants to spend time with her daughter and her new grandchild and um, that she and her daughter had a conversation in which they were hoping to discover before her death a portal where they could keep talking to each other. And there was just something so sweet about her capacity to prepare her daughter for this, right? But just the openness, that's what we were talking about, the the acceptance and how that can change everything. Oh, for sure. Uh, when you know, here's the thing. In some, in some senses, we know that the life force, we could talk about it that way, 
is going to exit this skin tubule at some point in time. We just know that. It does, despite the fact that people in Silicon Valley are trying to create ways to transfer their consciousness into silicon and then transfer it back into another skin tubule. But I, I'm doubtful or I'm somewhat skeptical about the wisdom of, of that approach. People, people have been at that since Woody Allen, right? <laughs> <laughs> like in the seventies or whatever, yeah. right? in sleeper wasn't that kind of the yeah. idea of getting and, frozen? Yeah, you know. So I like to say, you know, <laughs> we know that at some point this life force is is going to exit <laughs> exit stage left, but we know not the timing or the manner in which this is going to happen. Yeah, and uh, I. Um, there's some lots of wisdom around this in in ancient times. Um, all you have to do is pick up your Bible, your Old Testament, or pick up Marcus Aurelius in in his meditations, or um, just the tradition of 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 Buddhist monks uh, sitting out in the charnel grounds where they would just you know in the high plateau of Tibet, when you died, they just chopped your bones up and put you out to the vultures. And the, these guys would just sit out there and meditate on, you know, the impermanence of of life. And so, and yet here we are in the 21st century, having forgotten all that wisdom. And a lot of people are unwilling to accept. Like, I'll give an example. I sat with both my parents, as you know, Margaret, as they, as the life force left their bodies. My father uh, was very intentional. Like he, he knew it was his time, and he was very, very peaceful um, um, during his final transition, which took about a week. Literally, I was sitting down with him, celebrating his birthday, having a a, a plate of linguine and clam sauce on a Sunday, and the following Saturday he was gone. <laughs> yeah. And with my mom, it was she was not ready and and not accepting. And she suffered a lot more uh, at the end. But at the very end, she was peaceful. I will say that once she yeah. accepted. Yeah. Yeah. And I do. I do think, um, you know, there's this there's this way the impact, right, that that has our own grace with that has so much impact on people around us. And, you know, and if we accept then it gives other people a chance, right, to prepare and to be present with us in ways that, um, you know, that if we resist, then then nobody's allowed to talk about it or be with it or prepare for it. Yeah, I think this is so true, um, especially if you, you know, you were mentioning uh, uh, our our age cohort. Uh, starting to experience more and more um, of our peers passing and and many of them have children at various ages. Uh, but let's just say, you know, you're in your 40s, 50s or early 60s and you have either young or high school children or maybe college age children and you're going through something which is going to lead uh, to you exiting stage left, um, there is a way of, I believe, of, of um, this is like part of our leadership training is like having candid conversations with 
uh, uh, your children about yeah. what's happening. Yeah, we talk about in coaching as a principle, like what we can't be with ends up completely ruling our lives. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think right. that's probably true here too. You know, if we if we step over hard things, death included, then it seeps in, you know, in ways where nobody gets to be complete. Nobody, nobody mm -hmm. gets to have the experience that has grace in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like what you shared about the way your friend is uh, confronting. That's that's the word. She's confronting her mortality. Yeah. She knows, like, she has a very limited time. She actually knows approximately the time of her death and the manner in which it's going to happen. And yeah. yet she's willing to confront this and write about it and um, share with her uh, daughter um her intentions and uh it sounds like it's it's just making that process um better for both of them and like we're not saying this is at, this is uh avoiding grief no we're not saying that no. no we're certainly not saying that there's a lot of grief yeah yeah there is a lot of grief there's like um there's also a lot of cherishing yeah. Yeah. There's something, I mean, grief is, you know, we know we're alive, right? When we feel grief, it's hard, but it's also, it's a life force emotion, grief. It, it's, it's a poignant thing. For, for all you materialists out there, <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a, a one of the, tenets of physics as we know it is that energy in the universe is conserved that means it can change form but it's never created or destroyed so if you think about the life force as energy it's just transforming into another form that's the way i like to think about it from a from a scientist standpoint from a spiritual standpoint that would be very consistent with all of the spiritual traditions by the way <laughs> <laughs> that we go on to right to yeah. exist someplace else something else right exactly yeah. energy is neither created nor destroyed right and i think that can give the materialists out there in the audience some solace because i do think that what i've noticed as i uh have been you know visiting with my parents as they passed been around death um um, friends, my sister, my younger sister committed suicide when I was in college. So I've been around this for a while and, and, uh, you might think this conversation is morbid, but I think it's actually life giving this conversation, because if you coming to the end of your life or you've never had to deal with this at some stage in your life in any meaningful way, you're going to have a very rude awakening. It's going to be yeah. very unpleasant, very, very unpleasant for you. Yeah. yeah, I think what David is speaking about both around the topic of mortality and lots of other places in the lives of our clients is this idea of the step over, you know, when something is happening, you know, you might have heard it called the elephant in the room. I never completely understood that. But anyway, the step over, there's something giant going on and yeah. we walk around it. We don't talk about it and it takes right. something away 
from the experience, take something positive and life affirming away from the experience. And so we, I think, help our clients pretty consistently find the courage sometimes to have hard conversations, to talk about things that would be easier not to talk about, but are really, really important to talk about. I love what you're saying. It It's, it's in my experience, and when someone's dying, it's just a, a, a very um, pronounced example of this, Margaret, stepping over it, right? When, when you're not talking about it, it creates a lot of discomfort. Uh, it actually creates, in my experience, I'll, I'll give you an example. So we were, we were at um, Thanksgiving uh, dinner uh, with my wife's side of the family, and uh, you know her sister is the one who's uh, who's got cancer, and and there was a you know a grace was said in a very traditional way, and you could tell there was like just some uncertainty about what was going on, but nothing was being said. And, um, and we, people went around and said what they were thankful for. And then we, we went and sat and had dinner. And I just had this urge. This is a part of our leadership training too. I had this urge to, um, I could feel there was something unsaid. Yeah. So this is some of what the work we do with, with leaders is like, I just stood up and said, I'm going to share a blessing for Lillian's sister. And I just let the words come out of my mouth. And you could tell that there was some completion after that. There was something that was, there was some tension in the space because everybody stepped over what was really going on. Yeah. yeah. And I think when anyway. we step over and I love that you were at a choice point and you followed your urge, because I think when we don't follow that urge and we do the step over, it creates dissonance in our nervous systems you know, and then everybody is twitchy and right. uncomfortable, right? And right. it's not, it's not present. It's not like rich with that aliveness. Right. Now, I wish I could say to you, Margaret, and everyone else listening to this, that that, uh, that was perfectly comfortable for me. Uh, au contraire. It <laughs> was like... that's the point, David. <laughs> <laughs> but... I mean, literally, my temples were pounding. I had to close my eyes and just, but my blood pressure, like I was so anxious about saying whatever, because there was no prepared script. Again, this is something we encourage our coaching clients and our leadership training clients to go into meetings and just speak and trust that the words that come out of your mouth will be necessary and sufficient for whatever is at hand. And I had to, try, but I tell you, it was incredibly uncomfortable um, for me. I said that to Lily and my wife, I was like, Oh my God, I was so anxious during that. Yes. <laughs> you think like it gets better, but it doesn't. 
<laughs> when we work with clients, we don't help them know what to say. We help them find the courage yes. to be with the discomfort. And I imagine that after the discomfort and after the words, the space settled down. It it did. It did. It did. Yeah. yeah and then we so had a lovely dinner and a lovely evening together. Um yeah. So there's a way you can sense the this doesn't have to be around somebody in your life that's that's dying. It could be around anything. That's like even in a in, in your organization, it's like uh, somebody's leaving. How, how often have you know the person has is a, a beloved this happened to Margaret, you know, I mean a beloved person at the community foundation in Boulder and you know she's given her notice and and um you know you might be staying around for a couple of weeks to, and then nobody knows what to say. <laughs> True. Nobody knows what right? to say. And so they say nothing. And I think so our, they say nothing. Yes. Oh. Our challenge is like, you have the urge, you want to say something. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of doing something. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're just going to encourage you to, um, Take what we're sharing here today, whether it's something coming to an end at work, somebody leaving, or in your personal life, you know, somebody is terminally ill, to say what's on your mind. Yeah, just say, right, without attachment to it being completely true, right, but just to speak it so that there's it no right or wrong be in the space. Yeah. Yeah. And if you need help finding some courage to do that, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Just reach out to one of us. All right. Take care.